Thank you, everyone, for joining with us another episode of Far Out Strand of the Hour. This is DJ Far Out. This is Aaliyah and our unknown name guest here again with another episode. Um, Beans to Don Diva is not here. She is an essential worker. She is down on ground zero helping people, um, not just with the COVID, but with just everything. So um, she is needed in our healthcare facilities. But we want to shout her out here. We do miss her. Um, and um, we wanted to get her on Thanks. the next episode. But we know duty calls and, Thanks. you know, she's needed. So it is what it is. But um, we are here. Uh, the strand of the hour today is going to be OG Kush Breath. It's a possible descendant of the Girl Scout cookie. OG Kush Breath is an indica-dominant hybrid that provides heavy head-to-toe effects. It blooms in use of dark green and purple with electric orange hairs and crystal tip trick homes. Trick homes. Been practicing that word. <laughs> uh, OG Kush Breath has the earthy and herbal aroma with a nutty, berry overtones, and its flower adds um, a touch of uh, vanilla flavor in it. Um, the strand is a great choice for consumers looking for long-lasting relief of stress, insomnia, or chronic pain. Um, it leaves you feeling relaxed, euphoric, happy, sleepy, and hungry, and it helps with pain, stress, inflammation, insomnia, and depression. Um, I like these... Uh, these strands that help them with depression, I mean, it helps out with the situation. We are just talking about the kids kind of like as, uh, the toddlers just getting to us in this time. We're on the, what, the 15,000, maybe the million, mommy and daddy. It's too many. So anyone else who, um, you know, especially the ones who uh, don't have daycare and can't get that little break from your children... Uh, hearts goes out to you. There's I pray no for such you. Thing is a break. My kids are two hours away and still get on my nerves. So there's no <laughs> such thing as a break. It just might be, you know, a slight difference of how much they can annoy you, but they can still annoy you even when they're away. It's it was, possible. It's possible. But as long as you ain't got to hear that thousand and five whale on ten. In the car, drive. Mind you, my daughter likes to like yell out of nowhere. So I'm driving down 90, and all of a sudden, ah! like, oh! And by the time I get home and it's bedtime and they still want to talk, then it has to be the police sergeant that comes out and busts in the door and says, Go to bed, lay down, get off the wall, don't touch nothing, be quiet, don't make me come back in here. <laughs> my bunny, she never sleeps though, but that's cool. That's my bunny. I love my bunny. Doesn't matter. But she never sleeps. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, because we just recently had Mother's Day. How was your guys' Mother's Day? We have. It was relaxing. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was cool. Okay. Quiet, relaxing. You forward? No. <laughs> Smoking a lot of weed that day, no. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys have yeah, bacon. Um, cool. awesome Mother's Day. Um, another thing that happened that I don't think that a lot of people give recognition of is um, people graduating from college. I know we're focusing, of course, again on this COVID, but <clears throat> um, congratulations to all the college graduates who graduated uh, this past uh, May or is going to graduate this summer or is going to graduate this fall or anytime this year. Um, and I felt that as a college graduate, 
graduate. Um, I have a, a BA in communications and I have a master's in entertainment business. I felt that um, just like anyone needed to, to, to kind of give out some tips and things and my background in college because um, I do want to bluntly admit that college is not for everybody. Um, when I went to college, it kind of like made me the man I am today. Like it kind of made me a man. I dealt with a lot of things when I went to school, um, not just to like finding yourself, but I dealt with a lot of like racial situations. I went to a small school. Uh, it was only maybe a handful of us, African-Americans. Uh, they're actually, we were outnumbered by the international, there were more international students than us hmm. at the school. Wow. And, uh. Um, so I, I just, we want to go over just some things and just, um, I, I just want to expose it. It's been 10 years since I've been to college. Like I graduated, graduated 2010 yeah. from my undergrad. So it's been 10 years. So I think it's time to just fully close that chapter. I'm not going to be one of those guys that just live off their college heydays or their high school heydays, you know, cause things change. People change. There's a lot of people that have changed that you see change. Like, it's scary. Like, it's <laughs> weird. Like, you're doing fucking beer pong and random wild shit drinking, doing things you're not supposed to do. And we'll get into a little bit of that later. But and then it's like, damn, like, you wake up and, like, that motherfucker is married and that motherfucker got kids and this person... And cut their hair, or this person done grown dreads like me. Like I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't own a suit. Like I think I don't want to wear a suit for a while. <laughs> um, I know I need to because I have uh, a son, and I want to make sure he knows how to dress. But uh, from college, I don't have a suit. Like I think mm-hmm. just just shit you learn to make you, you know. And congratulations to everyone who survived college because a lot of people it's a struggle to make it to college. It's hard. It's fucking hard. So it's, shout out to people who make it. Shout out to the people who couldn't make it because it's a thing. You understand that I'm this way. I don't need this route to be successful. So a lot of people don't go. Um, I think I kind of was a little bit, I don't want to say brainwashed. Well, what do you want to call it then? Programmed. <laughs> Oh, okay. Heavily programmed. Heavily programmed. To go. But I understand the background. My grandparents uh, grew up and was raised in Forest City in Little Rock, Arkansas. So education was the big thing, you know, the um, the Little Rock Nine, you know, they were raised around that time. They seen that the integration in school. Yeah. Education is important to them. My grandfather went to uh, Piney Woods, which is like one of the prestigious African-American uh, boarding schools. Um in history. So uh, it's important to my grandparents that I went to college and got the education. And and, and it is important to educate yourself um, because as an African-American male, it's important to learn how to talk and how to write correctly in the ways that America needs you to write to compete with them. Because that's, I think, the overpower win. It's, sometimes it's not about money. It's about reading and writing. We know tons of African-Americans who made all this money and they fucked it up or lost it because they can't read and write. And I think it's still, that's still important. Even though that like now we text and we use slang and we do different things, I feel like it's still important for our African-American 
Culture. Culture to learn how to effectively write. Because um, we were watching the Stephen Avery story. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody had seen the Netflix documentary with Stephen Avery. I think it was like Making of a Murderer. Mm-hmm. The guy got accused. Um, came out. Got accused twice. <laughs> um, but the thing about it, though, even though it's their own race, the fact that him and his nephew couldn't effectively read and write and know what was going on was a detrimental thing against them, especially yeah. the nephew. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't know what coerced me. He was 16 or inconsistent, was it? He was trying to um, talk to his mother on the phone. He was like, they say my story is inconsistent. What does inconsistent mean? Like, you're 16, man. You don't know what... He told his mother, like, I guessed, like, I guessed on my homework. Yeah, so it's very important to at least Get those basic skills down. Know how to talk your way out of some stuff. <laughs> but as a people, we need to learn how to, like I said, we need to learn how to read. We need to learn how to write um, because we need to understand our contracts, especially when we're dealing with business. Mm-hmm. We need to understand what they mean, what the words mean. Um, even just rhetoric, the art of rhetoric, I think that we as African-American people still need to understand and dive into and research and learn more. You know, I think that was the positive things that people forget about uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Like they were they had a deliverance of rhetoric that was powerful um, that even goes into the, the courtroom that we use like just still every day today. Like you need to learn the rhetoric because it's all about the rhetoric, how you present something that necessarily wins you the case, <laughs> whether if you're guilty or not guilty. It's how you phrase it, how you sway the 12 what jurors <laughs> mm-hmm. and to believe in whether you did it or not do it. Um, I, I mean, shit, especially shout out to people if you are a criminal defense lawyer because you have to have some very dope ass rhetoric to prove the basis, regardless of your client doing it or not. You know, mm-hmm. see, <laughs> like you have to prove you have to sway people to think about it in a different uh, mannerism. Um, that was one of the things that I think. I enjoyed about college and being a communications major because I had people um, who cared about me understanding my writing, putting my thoughts down on paper, how to present my thoughts correctly, um, and present my thoughts correctly to both or to all cultures, to all ethnic groups. Learning how to talk and being diverse to everyone is very powerful. Understanding different cultures and backgrounds. So I think that was the positive. But, hmm. with the positive, oh, there's just some negatives. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. So, um, I knew I was going to school. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of just where. And I think it kind of starts there in high school. Because, again, learning how to read and write, learning the paperwork... We need to teach our people more if they want to go to college or want to go to some schooling that they need to receive financial aid, how to read financial aid, know what a grant is, know what a loan is, know what what types of grants are, what the scholarships are, what things that are made available to them. Because that's another resource that I feel we lack um, researching those things for us to go to school. I know it's more probably more prominent today, but... The negative part of college is dealing with the financial aid office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, even today, where people who 
didn't even finish, didn't even want to do it, and just thought they was just on that vibe to go to school, and they still are stuck with student Bills. loans, you know what I'm saying, paying it back, that's affecting their credit and their livelihood today. Um, so, I again, I knew where I was going to school, I just got to know where, like, the money was and the finances, because, like I said, my, my mom was like, I don't have any money, I don't know what you're going to do, you know? What was your interest? Like, how did you go? Where you guys were? You guys persuaded to go off to school? Like, um, I went to go away to school, but uh, my grandfather just we it would just it was decided for me to go closer home, and oh, I want I always wanted to, I always wanted college experience. No, oh, I always wanted it. So it's like I wanted it. Got I went out, did it. Then got sidetracked with life and things of that nature. And I just do it at my own pace. I'm in school now. So. That was another thing, too. I had to make sure that I was going to get work done. And um, as much as I believe in HBCUs, Mm -hmm. I couldn't focus (laughs) at HBCUs. I wanted to go. It's just the limitless plethora of just black women I just, I have a weakness for black women. I just have a profound weakness for, especially plus size black women. And again, you get the freshman 15, might be freshman 30. By sophomore, you got a fupa and I might be interested. Like, so (laughs) I had to go somewhere where I can probably still focus. And now don't get me wrong because in college, I was a little bit of Casanova. I still got in some things. That was more controlled. Maybe it just it was yeah. less, it was less yeah. of a number, you well, know what I'm saying? Temptation. Less so distractions. There you I, go. I picked a school. It's a small school, um, very small little private school. Uh, I like it because I knew it was going to keep me focused. There's absolutely nothing to do on campus. Um, even that's where I developed the DJ because I wanted to provide something to do on campus. Um, we were surrounded by other bigger schools. Uh, bigger universities that other people may went to party and stuff like that. Um, wasn't far from home, so I still came home and hung out here maybe a little bit. Um, if I when I had a car, because you know, college you kind of struggle. You don't have a car right away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it just the negativity part about it is one financial aid because one and then two nobody told me how much books were like like the shocking fees when you walk in yeah. and you take a class and you need that class and you walk in it's like all right this book is like $560 I'm like what? what for one book for what yeah one yeah. book for one book and one that class might be used exactly maybe don't ask for a new one and you don't even basically you may not even go through the whole book probably you may get a to a class and the professor's like throw the books out the window I'm going to teach from memory of what I've experienced. You're like, what the fuck? You should have told me this before I bought this book. And now, when you take the book back, you only get like 60 bucks. Like, Gotta wait till that book buyback special. Come on. Listen. So, yeah. So, one of the things, too. Like, I want people to really decide. Like, And I know we don't have a lot of like young listeners and stuff uh, who are deciding to go... Uh, based on our demographics of the podcast, but uh, the demographics that we do have, people are currently in school, and it's like, you know, make sure that it's for you. Make sure that's what you want to do, because it is an investment. Uh, I'm stuck with loans still, like, <laughs> that I haven't even started just paying, because the payment amount is going to be difficult. Those are one of the things you have to think about. Um, so when I went to school, I went to school because they gave me the most money. It was a small school. 
didn't know anybody. Um, another thing, like I come from a school that a lot of people weren't getting ready to go to college. And I think that kind of throws off a lot of people too. I think the hardest thing that um, uh, even we were talking about uh, with your daughter is like, how can I, even nowadays, how can I focus and get ready to go to school when there's people my age on social media making millions of dollars? Yeah. You know, so is that the path that I really want to take? So I think even now people like make sure that that's the complete path that you want to take and that's how you want to do things. Um, but I went in because I knew I wanted to be like Ari Emanuel. He's like the top talent booking agent of the world. He books everybody like Oprah, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> like anybody who needs to book somebody for a speaking engagement or a part that go to that talent agency. Um, and they had that show Entourage after him. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to know all the stars, <laughs> who would make deals, get that fast cash, you know what I'm saying? Get invited to all the concerts, uh, all the movie premieres and things like that. Um, when I got up there though, too, I got up there for playing football and I realized that football just wasn't for me. I only played football to survive the high school that I went to. And that kind of was basically it because I was a Yu-Gi-Oh nerd like coming into the school. So <laughs> once you get to college, you see that freedom and you're just like, well, fuck it. I can do whatever the fuck I want to. Now, side note, except when you come home, like <laughs> <laughs> when you come home, the parents, <laughs> they still want to implement that like I run a- shit rule. Yeah. You know, I'm a whole fucking adult. Like I can stay up all night now if I want to. But now when you go on, you still got to follow rules, <laughs> especially if you're a black family. White family, you probably still doing whatever you want to do. To an extent. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first year was, first year was boring as shit. Like, it's really, this school is really nothing to do. The first do. year is always boring, though. Nothing to do. Usually. And I think that's why I dabbled in the art of women, because there really was just nothing else to do, like, in it. And then I stopped, I stopped playing football. I got into DJ. I always loved music. And, um, but that also helped me out, too, because um, it taught me to be diverse, Music. I was talking to. I used to do this like international like fest and MC and DJ for some of their events, and um, it taught me to listen to different types of music. That's how I kind of got into like EDM a little bit because they were listening to dance music in Italy and in Russia, you know, and just different countries that just wasn't just rap and R and B. Mm. Now, don't mind you, you got ratchet as fuck at the parties though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I had to help my people out. Um. Now, one of the things that I do want to confess here, and I'm going to make this podcast available to some of the people that I went to school with on this like 10 year thing of being in this school. I'm not going to say any names, but we all went to the same school. Um, And again, it's different how to watch people change. Um, But one of the things is, is that I got onto this programming board Mm -hmm. and it was the programming board for the school. Because I realized that this school allocated funds called this activities fee. So when I was going through my financial aid, like niggas do on their like phone bill or their cable bill, trying to see what you can cut out <laughs> to save money and shit. I'm like, what is this activities fee? Because I don't really do a lot of activities. Like <laughs> I just I do the normal shit. Like I go to class and <laughs> go back to my dorm room. Like what can I do? 
Um, so I, I asked the person, what's the activities fee? And she was like, oh, well, you know, when the school put on events and have artists come out and do different things oh. and stuff like that, <laughs> we pay into that. And that's the funds that help allocate that from the students and makes it free for the students to go. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because they would have like magicians and comedians come in and rock bands and stuff like that. And you can you can go for free if you was a student and if you was an outside, it was oh, different. Yeah. Now at this school, because we weren't like popular or known and niggas wasn't coming up and hanging out with us, like mm-hmm. it was just made free for all the students. Like it was just some exclusive it wasn't free. shit. It was like you prepaid your ticket already. Yeah, like at the beginning <laughs> of the year. So I'm trying to figure out what the fuck this little three, four hundred dollars is. Like, wait a minute, I can use that towards a book. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to save money. Like so but yeah, so I figured out what it is. But one of the things was is because the first year they had this thing called like a spring fest, which is like an in year concert. And they hyped it up for us freshmen African Americans, like the white people hyping it up, like, yeah, you should come, we do this, blase, 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 you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now I've been cool with the programming board because I got into DJing and I started DJing different events. So I joined the programming board. Um <laughs> I wasn't all the way like a, on the board to put that event together, but I still was a part of them. But it allowed me to like enjoy it as like a as like a regular student. So uh, the first year I got there, I think it was like a little. They always do like this party, then they do this concert, then they do this, like this like fun fair festival for friends and family to come like on a Sunday. So the party and shit was cool. Um, I think they invited. They had another DJ invited. I didn't DJ that year. Um, I mean, but it was like poppy, it was just poppy shit. It was like West Knife type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Just like, whatever. But the thing about it was, the niggas was like, this shit is whack. Now, mind you, as freshmen, we trying to just try some new shit. You know what I'm saying? But the older upperclassmen black people was like, no, this shit is whack. Like, you can go if you want to, socialize and shit like that, but this shit is whack. Um, and this shit was this shit was whack. The concert it was nothing that we listened to whatsoever, whatsoever. Now they did have like an African American Student United like programming thing, but they kind of like stayed to themselves and did their events. Like it literally was a divided state. And, and this is why I go back to say like this: the school taught me how to be a man overall because as I get up into this programming board. There's a lot of politics and, of course, racism involved. Because, again, I'm a kid from the hood. I had good grades. I'm sitting in my class. I'm apparently, quote-unquote, not supposed to be here. But when I get there, there's other kids from, like, East High and East Tech. I'm like, these niggas are a little bit more rough than I am. I'm from the Southeast Side. These niggas down the way. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you're not scared of me. (laughs) But, again... And I don't know if a lot of people been in jail, but jail rules is that it's the common ground when you're in a mutual space. Like it ain't about ain't about your borough. Now it's about your city <laughs> versus another city. My problem was is that I get along with white people. I like white people. It's just what it is. I see equal faults in white people and black people. You know, sometimes I don't want to do all the way ratchet. Sometimes I just want to be me. And I say they were ratchet. I'm just saying, like, I just didn't want to sit around and do nigga shit. 
that I know we do. Play spades, talk shit, listen to rap music, eat fried chicken, watermelon, whatever, smoke miles. But you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to go back because I went to a high school and I went to a proper middle school. I kind of wanted to go back <laughs> to my... I would, the high school scared the kind of shit out of me. And I wanted to go back to my, you know... Proper. My proper ways. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Um, but anyway, getting into this programming board put, I think, a damper on the relationship between me and the African-American students as well, too. Hmm. Because, again, I'm now programming for the school. I have the whole school entrance. and But I'm still a representative of my people. <laughs> At the same time. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah, I'm still line. cool with them. Yeah. That I was on a football line. team. You know what I'm saying? The majority of the African Americans that go to the school come in through some type of sport type of thing. It's very rare. I mean, it's, it's not rare, but there's a small percentage of African Americans that come through the school based on just, I like it, academics type of stuff. Majority it's basketball players, football players, baseball. You know, stuff like that. So it's just, it is what it is. And... Majority of those athletes are from lower income urban communities. We even had some one of my 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 frat bros that's there, like my two frat bros that we started, you know, the fraternity together. Like, uh, they're both was Florida. One was Florida. One from Georgia. Dade County. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta, like, black Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, now, why are you so afraid of me as I tell the story? Why are you so afraid of me? But anyway, um, I do want to extremely apologize to any of the African-American students uh, that they felt that I was tending to their side and not to our side in certain situations. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know? Um. And we get put in certain situations, and this is us. I had to make me have to decide, like, what, what, who, who am I? What am I? Who am I? What's my identity? What do I really want to represent? You know what I'm saying? Because again, once I got, once they let me in, I seen shit that was like, whoa, you can do that. This shit is serious. This shit is serious. Like the 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 unbluntened. Fucked up racism, like just arrogance is there. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Latinos got a little bit of green, but they still talk as if like you shouldn't be here. But because I'm going to take your money, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And again, I apologize to anyone who felt that um, I kind of like looked down upon them. Um but again, because coming with that, though, it comes with power. Like, I got to be around. And also, DJing, too, got me DJing events that, like, were a little bit exclusive for, like, you know, trustees and alumni and stuff like that. And they tell you, like, meeting these people are going to expedite your future and put you in a good place so you can get a good job and, you know, come back and stuff like that. And once I kind of see the treachery, like I just kind of backed up. And this is the big, this is the big thing. Just long story short, overall, um, on my senior year, I became president of the organization, and it allowed me to do some things that were 
uh, super dope and I had access to. And I thought that was diverse. Like, I think Jay-Z had this tour. We got some tickets and, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't just give them to people I know. People might have thought that I did. <laughs> but I made sure that, you know what I'm saying, the people, there was diverse events. Events at this school was not diverse at all. Right. It was like, we're going to allocate this African-American group to have their money during their event, but we're going to take the majority of the budget and do whatever we want to do. And it's like, they're supposed to be involved too. These are their memories. And with this school, because it's considered like a liberal arts, it's not like standard credits like any other university. It's like, I kind of had to create my own path <laughs> to get my degree based on what I want to study. And if you went to another university, you had to start all over and change your credits here. Mm -hmm. So these were like, these are our people investing their hard-earned money, getting in the debt to try to get to this future. And while they're here, you're not trying to like cater to the things that we like, but you're taking money from us. Right. Because on top of that, of course they got paid for being black going to the school. Let's just start with that. They get the money for just having niggas Diversity. at the school. Yeah, you know what Diversity I'm saying? Pay. So it's just like so anyway, um one of the like the Spring Fest thing. Now three years I went to the school four years. All three years were just rock bands singing like rock bands. My even second to last year, the guy who was the president because he was in a band and wanted to get a band that he liked. So because I'm playing my position, I'm thinking next year, you know what? I can make this shit diverse as fuck. Like I can do I see the budget. I see right. the money that you guys spend on this. Right. In my mind, because I can fandangle money a little bit better because I'm from a a background that we can actually fandangle okay. cash and talk to people and get things for a little bit cheaper. Mm -hmm. We can make this an event to cater to everybody. Everybody can have everything that they want. Follow on the budget. Exactly. But once they see that the catering was going towards that demographic, it was a problem. It was a whole problem. It was a whole problem. I had to kiss certain people's asses and deliver certain things. <laughs> That wasn't there only because like my hookup, like, especially when I got that, I got the deal on these Jay-Z tickets. I think it was like in Cleveland and we were able to bust some people down and stuff like that and like do some dope stuff. Now, on the other end, though, were there some things that I've done that might have pushed it? Yes, because I might have had some. You know, expensive lunches <laughs> with certain buddies that were a part of the group. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I said, when it comes to a position that comes to like a sort of power, and it's a catch 22. I was doing some things that I wanted to do and some things that I probably shouldn't have done in the first place, you know? Like I told you, I told you about the camera story, right? Mm -hmm. Confession. Side story. So, I allocated to get a camera to try to, like, document putting this diverse festival together in, in the background. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really understand what it took to really, like, make a documentary, and nobody really wanted to help. So, they just basically allocated a camera out of their budget. <laughs> For no reason. For no reason. But it got used. Didn't get used in the right way. So, this is what happened. I might have sort of taped some inappropriate things between me and a female, okay, and thought it was hidden, but at that time, I was dating a whole nother female, mm. 
And when she came to my dorm room and I went off to class, I didn't think she was going to look for stuff. I don't know how she found it. I don't know what happened that day. All I know is that I got a phone call in class from like my RA. Like, mm-hmm. yo, somebody's screaming and mad, just livid in your room. You need to come over here. I think things are getting broken and I don't want to write you up. That's good what it was. <laughs> Raise my hand. Professor, got to go. Be right back. I'm sorry. Something happened. Don't feel good. I ran out of there. I get to my room. She like throws like my shit. My, my room is trashed. And like my refrigerator is open. She took some snacks too, which I was like, it's kind of fucked up. But she took snacks. She broke this chair and just threw stuff. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. You know what I'm saying? So it she's just like, bop, bop, bop. Now, this is not the first incident with a female that I've had in my room that lost their shit in public that I've been written up for. Don't want to go into those other stories, but just know this is not the first time. She's in the hallway screaming, just, motherfucker, I hate you and shit like that. Just, uh, just, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, so calm down. So, of course, I'm thinking, like, did I leave my phone in there? No, I have my phone on me. Like, I'm checking, like, I'm straight. I'm pimping straight. Like, there's <laughs> no. nothing. There's no reason. She's mad for a whole other reason. Maybe somebody came down here and knocked on the door because I had some women on campus, some women off. Just, I was no good during those years. But that was 10 years ago. Safe, sanctified, Christian now. But, <laughs> um, so she's just living, living, just going mad. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? She's, so you're in the room, calm down. It's like, I seen that motherfucking tape. What tape? What are you talking about? I just seen that video of just you and that bitch together. Like, she's just going off. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I looked on my desk, and there is the video camera. And it's on. And she's seen the tape. She's seen the whole thing. Of me and the girl together. Inappropriate. Mm. I'm surprised you made it. And if it wasn't for them allocating the camera, I would have never gotten in that situation. So I don't necessarily blame myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It was some fucked up shit. It was some trash. But anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> I was a little bit of ass, too. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I smelt myself. I was now I was president of this organization. Like, I was eating with, like, and I thought it was cool because I was eating with white people. You know what I'm saying? But again... I just, I don't know what it is. And then I found out and I changed. And like I said, I tried to, I didn't try to expose them, but I just want to make it equal so everybody can join things. That's like, too, like, I started DJing things and I want to apologize to, I'm going to say his name because I want him to hear it. I want to apologize to my homie John Steele because when I started DJing, I was DJing everything. Homecoming, uh, other little sorority events. Any little campus parties. Like, I was just eat, I, And I was charging them, too. And I was using it for work study, too. So, it was like the double hustle. That I was, remember, these books are $500. So, I just want to let you know how to do what yeah, I had to do. Yeah. But, um... He started DJing. I got kind of upset. Just <laughs> what do you... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. a small... Thing and not only do you start DJing, but you start bringing another DJ and he brought DJ Shiny Mac and I was like, what the fuck? This dude like DJ Shiny Mac is the truth. You see what I'm saying? Like this nigga gets Cle- this nigga's been getting Cleveland popping since popping was popping. You know what I'm saying? Like and now like yeah, you know what I'm saying? 
So it's like, fuck, like, it ain't, you know what I'm saying? Everybody else, like, was learning how to DJ. And he just started and was putting music together. But then you cool with Shiny Mac, he running the mic. John still an MC. It was rocking party. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just wasn't eating no more and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I had, I had the bar, the school, the fraternities, and the sororities. Just what it was. And I wasn't smart enough. And I wasn't mature enough to handle, I guess, the competition. Mm-hmm. Which was good in the same sense, too. And, and on the good side, it actually pushed me to spend more Top 40, more EDM. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you take the hip-hop and all the, you know what I'm saying, the, the black kids and shit like that, I can at least still eat with the, the white kids and the international kids and stuff like that. But we all know how hip-hop is. Everybody fucking likes it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, as much as like as much as much I had a crowd, wait a minute, one time they got real mad. They thought I was like just playing like all black, but I was playing like straight like top 40 one night and they got mad. They had a little article in the newspaper that I wasn't being diverse in the music. Like, yeah, they got, it, it became a battle. And the people that I were bringing, Drake had started getting popular that year when I started throwing an event, back to the event. Mm-hmm. So when I started throwing an event, Drake was popular. So I had proposed bringing Trey songs and Drake because they were doing the mixtapes and shit together. Mm-hmm. And they were doing like little like um, like Cambridge Room, like House of Blues sets together. Trey songs was helped promoting Drake, you know what I'm saying? And right. Trey songs was, he had the uh, what, Pain, Pleasure stuff CDs coming out during that time, like... It was good. Let's bring this here to the school because this is actually, on top of me being a DJ, I know what I spin. This is the music that everybody's listening to. So for you to say that it's like only catering to the African American, understand like y'all listen to, we sell y'all rap. Just understand. (laughs) And I think I told the CEO that he understood that. Like we listen, y'all use our culture against us. Y'all sell our culture to us and to your people and Trash it down. So, anyway, it just it, we wanted to do it, and it got seen that. And I think that helped me not be as open to work with like uh, Jay Steel and doing things because we could have got things better. Now I picked up on it at the end because I think we tried. To, I tried to get them involved as much as possible. And again, if he's listening to it, I apologize. A lot of stuff wasn't things that I couldn't control. It was things that was out of my power, out of my pay grade that had to sit down. Um, I also apologize to any faculty because I got mad at the faculty because I knew. Because also, too, when I was a president of this board, they had certain meetings and things that apparently I wasn't getting invited to. But I was a president I was the first like African American president of this board in student activities. I also served a role on the student senate, so I, like I had two roles. So I was like in there. So I was like, you're not, you're not inviting me to these things, and you're claiming that I'm not going. Like they're telling people that I'm being, um, that I'm being like hostile <laughs> to their environment, but you're not inviting me to these events. Mm. But again, I wasn't mature. You know, I'm a high head. And how I handle things mm-hmm. is not in the best way. On top of that, I still was having issues with women. Like, I was just, <laughs> yeah, a lot of things going on. College was, listen, 
got a lot of things up in the air. He was juggling a lot. It's just that's college teach you how to be a real man. I'm telling you, if you want to go college, teach you how to be a real man. That's what teach you. But again, it's 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 changed a lot. It changed a lot. Uh, also, uh, I'm uh, hopefully you listen Willis too. Um, I apologize to I apologize to anybody if I said some fucked up shit. Oh, I really want to apologize to because I was an arrogant ass to this guy named Rodney Jacobs. And the only reason why I'm apologizing to him because I'm going to admit that right now in life he is the better man. He is like no, like this guy is like <laughs> the rock. Like this nigga can do no wrong. Like him, him and Dontavious. You met Dontavious because yeah, we done an event. And these just are just two guys that like I've probably said some fucked up shit about in joking or whatever mm-hmm. or being frustrated. I was frustrated with Don Tavis because white people got us confused. Like we were two plus size dudes. I DJ he danced. So they would call, Oh, you gonna come through and dance? I'm like, no, that's Don Tavis. Stop let's stop. You gotta stop doing that, okay? Just because we're two big black dudes <laughs> don't mean it. we're the same. Don Tavis is like by the book, like super nice, like yeah, like I'm the trash motherfucker. Like I, that's me. How y'all get us confused? Like, but anyway, um, I think I was threatened by like Rodney because it was another guy like who was really sophisticated that could talk well on both ends, like who could get along with Caucasians and black people equally mm. with no issues, being invited and everything. And I think I seen that as like a stigma because again, like. I'm a part of this board, I'm a part of the Senate, like, I'm the only nigga here, too. Like, I don't want no other niggas here, because, <laughs> but again, coming from our background, like, it's competition, like, crabs in the barrel, my nigga, like, get off me, like, I'm making it to the top, you know what I'm saying? And again, I wasn't mature enough to see that, so I apologize to him and them, too, because these guys, like, if you look these guys up, these guys are stellar pry African-American men of the community that's doing things to change things. And again, if I knew what I knew now, then it could have been more, it could have been more powerful. I'm still cool with these dudes and could have got more done covering a more range of things. Um, if you look at Rodney Jacobs, he's actually uh, developed a task force in Miami wow. to go in and help police the police in Miami. And I think now the state of Florida, mm. like, I don't, I like this dude is cold like and I I give him all the props because I talked a lot of shit. I remember me and him got into it like a little squirrel and shit. And I was like, oh nigga, that's why my GPA fucking better than yours. It's on some just because I couldn't get back at this nigga type shit. He was like, no, my G, my GPA is better than yours, and his GPA is better than mine. <laughs> and he was a poli sci major, like he knew what he was talking about. And knowing what I know now about the system, I should have been more closer to try to make these guys more like advocates um, and associates and more closer friends. Because, like I said, going back to talking about that Stephen Avery story, like understanding what the law is mm-hmm. and how to work things out. And these two guys now, even Don Tavis um, is working with the uh, young black Democrats um, and just is doing some shit that I know I can't do because I'm not... I'm not a suit and tie type of guy to do that. Mm. I'm going to go in and I'm going to drop the F-bomb because that's how I feel. (laughs) But these guys, again, back to the rhetoric, knowing how to talk, knowing how to walk, knowing how to write. These are the guys that, and I wish I would have formulated. Because, yeah, I know how to play both both sides of the ball. But these guys just know how to play it at a very higher level. Like, now I'm all dreaded out and shit. These guys are fresh cut, like, 
You know, Mm -hmm. keep the beard trim. I like my beard hanging. Do you would never catch a blunt in these niggas' mouths at all? (laughs) You know, type of shit. And that's how it has to. Sometimes that's how the game has to be played. And again, that's what college overall taught me. That sometimes in that matter, I can't go into it like heads on. Um, I can't get caught up in the hype of things because they will lift you up and they'll drop you in at the end of a dime. Like, I got let go. I got kicked out of being the president that year Mm. because they wanted me off and felt like I wasn't engaging and doing things. And how I responded wasn't appropriate. But if I would have linked up with... Rodney or Dante or listen to Dante because I remember Dante was there trying to give me advice and stuff. Um, but if I would have linked up with them and not have been threatened and not have been immature, you know what I'm saying? In that retrospect, um, then I it, things probably would have worked out better. And we have, you know, and now as probably men, I mean, we still can if we reach out and work together, cover a large territory of getting things right in our communities Mm -hmm. um but it would have just been more impactful thing and again that's what i think college teaches you how to be that mature person there's a lot of things that i'm pretty sure even people not going to college but to the military or just work that 10 years ago that they were different it's i think everybody just goes through their own particular metamorphosis yeah and journey you know what i'm saying i had to go through that to do what i need to do you know, we always talk talk about like, you know, if we go back, like if you went back 10 years, what would you have done different 10 years ago from today? Or would you have started earlier? Uh, I could start when I'm 21. Yeah, 20 was not a bad time to start, actually. I think I would have just listened. I, li- I would have listened to the advice that I was given and actually took it as someone's trying to help me out versus you don't know everything I can do it I got it type shit so yeah <laughs> yeah definitely would have listened to, to some things and took heed to it and acted differently what about you 10 years ago mm, uh, might as well go back a little further because even though 10 years ago because I didn't get the college experience because I was a mom so I didn't have the option to go away to college. It was community college or nothing. And community college sucked because high school sucked. So it was like, no, it's the same people that I just left high school with because they ain't go to college. So I don't want to look at them again for under four years. So college wasn't interesting. But I would go back like 16 years and do the whole mom thing over and wait till after so that I can't finish high school and do the whole college thing. Um, I think I would probably went back further. I think I would have changed schools. If I knew what I knew today and knew how I needed to be, um, because now my goals have nothing to do with my degrees. Mm. I like the experience. Like again, like I got a master's in entertainment business. I love that experience. I probably would have went to that uh institute for undergrad and then got the masters from there only for experience because there's actually award winning accredited people from that institute to, you know, that are thriving today that are part of projects. Right. Um but I think to me it's about relationships. It's relationships. I think I would go back further so I can rectify the relationships. Because relationships are important. No matter what you go through in your journey, whether it's college, military, whatever, 
It's all about the people you meet and the relationships you make. Because now thinking ten years ago, um, even like Willis that I said that apologize to like he, he's he's a hip hop artist. Like now I wanted to get in production. You know we kind of started like to work together and you know kind of like phase off. But I would have you know got to know those guys. I would have got to know more of the African American students more, and not try to be so wishy washy, flip floppy. So you would have started over at your freshman year. Or would you when I went to you would not went to that college at all? Um, I probably would have not went to that college at all, to be completely honest. I, I, I just I didn't see I see the benefit, yes, but knowing that that's what I need it's weird, like knowing that that's what I needed to experience, I probably could experience that somewhere else. You it know, still would have been dope. <laughs> thinking about it. How you just phrased it, you're right. I would have probably went... I'll go back to, like, 18 and start there. I think I would go... And still listen. That's all I need. <laughs> listen and just do certain things differently. Yeah. Because that way, that would have been a fresh year. That would have been... Yeah. I again, start there. To me, it's, it's, it's with, like, relationships. Because, like I said, I got frustrated with the high school that I went to. I hated the high school that I went to. So, it's like going off to that school was like remote enough, but I probably just would have went further and just would have been like me in a whole section other of the world. Like I wouldn't have just stayed in the same area. Like I went to that school to recreate myself and I if I had to start back if I had to start back day one of that school, mm-hmm. I probably would have recreated myself like again in a whole different sense. Mm. Maybe I would have DJ and played football. Still. Knowing what you know now? Yeah. Just on some, like, on some just healthy shit, too. Like, <laughs> the football team wasn't good, but just on some healthy shit and relationships. Just people. Just knowing people. Because um, even, like, the people, the people, and the crazy thing is the people I graduated with that I was actually cool with, I don't talk to a lot today. Like, hmm. after 10 years, I don't talk to a lot of them. It's like a high and by. Because a lot of people you meet in college, if you meet good friends, they're from other places. I didn't have a lot of people from my area that went. And mm-hmm. if they were from my, again, they were from different areas. Like, people were from up the way, down the way. I had some people who was from my area, but they were like undergrads that I didn't know that came later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And again, I always made friends with upperclassmen, no matter what, like, institution, school I went to. I was always cool with the older kids. And um, so, like, knowing that, like, one of my one of my dopest homies, like, and it was and it's me too. I don't know. I think I fell into a depression after school, trying to find jobs and try to do that whole nine to five shit. But anyway, mm-hmm. like if I would have went back, it would have been relationships. I would have caught up with my homie. I got a homie in Georgia that like I don't even call and talk to. Mm-hmm. That I probably would have kept up more, visit more, and went down there probably. Like mm-hmm. again, like my homie Matt. Like I ain't talked to him, but again, shit happens. Like you get married, you have children, and. My goal is to take care of home right now. <laughs> and time just kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. I understand. I'm sure that's why. So, in my retrospect of the summary of everything, just cherish those moments wherever you do. Like, whatever your journey is right now, be in the present moment. Cherish those times. And don't be so quick to try to discover yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you discover yourself, you're like, oh, this is me. Mm-hmm. And then, because I came out of school, everybody's like, yo, you're just a cocky son of a bitch. And I was, 
thought I was. I thought I was a black dude with a degree. Everybody keeps saying we're rare, so they got my rarity, nigga. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a diamond in the rough. Shit. Now, we're going to have to do another segment because I want to go back and talk about the exposés of college. Like, it, it, there's some good shit, though. There's some good shit that I kind of learned how to do. Like, yeah. my juggling of women, I learned that in college. <laughs> the seduction, learned that in college. Psychology courses, you know. Yeah. I told you, like, in college, I even had this thing called, like, a Get Your Mind Right, like, playlist, like, mixtape, where I put all, like, the, it was, like, songs where you can, like, invite a chick back to your room, and, like, it was a perfect order. So that way, she wouldn't feel it was offensive or anything. It didn't start off, like, abrasive or anything with some chill music, and then it moved right into the freaky moments, even to the walk of shame, like... Now it's time to go back to the dining hall, get you something to eat, or for you to leave the campus. So you made, like, college baby makers pretty much without the babies. Yeah, it was dope. I had some money. <laughs> yeah. yeah it set good. the mood. It was a lot of memories. And in that era, that was some good music. <laughs> oh, listen, Trey songs. Man. Was my... Candy Mm-hmm. All the Trey songs. A Vented Sex is my all-time favorite song next to I'm a Flirt. And um, I want to fuck every girl in the world. Those are my top three. <laughs> Those are my top three college like songs that like I just loved. Oh, and um, so good. That was listen, listen, listen. How much time? Okay. When I had a good night, when it was dope, I had the glow. I know she had the glow. I was playing so good about electric red. That was my, like, victory song. <laughs> Especially if it was the night, like, I, I just met her and she got hooked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I that was, you know that first night you hook up and get you hooked, like, hook, line, sinker. Boom, you'll be back. You liked it. Yeah. So good was player. I even got a little cocky and knew it and started playing it. And I'm like, oh, this one is my favorite song. <laughs> Why she's putting her clothes on? You're ready to go. So it's just, but hey, listen, it is what it is. That's the the thing that I guess I'm not gonna lie. The thing that I enjoyed the most about college was those exposés. If I can have those exposés, I'm sorry if you guys hear like alarm in the background, somebody's car just. But those um those exposés though, like I live for those. Those were the best times. Those were literally, and everybody had exposés because you're finding yourself. Like, I mean, I mean, again, it may not be college, but you're finding yourself sexually, finding what you like and who you like and how you like it. And those were just the best. Those, those, yeah, yeah, some good I'm times, fine. exactly. <laughs> good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have to break down, share some stories and shit like that. Like, mm. let's go say good times with friends. Huh? Good times with friends. Hey, just listen. It is what it is. It is what it is. And like, yeah, I go deeper. I managed to somehow. I managed to date a chick on campus and still date a chick off campus, and not all the way get too caught up, but kind of get caught up with it at the same time. Like it's just what it is. 
But again, I ran into shit. Sometimes um, one chick bust my lip open. Mm. Just like bust it. Like, what you do? I forgot. I forgot. I'm trying to think about it. It's messed up to ask you what you do. Like, oh, what the hell? What I did do? something to this girl. <laughs> I said something. Oh. I think I probably threatened her I was going somewhere else. She's like, you're not going to go see that bitch? And probably just like pop me in the mouth. Because that was my thing. Like, yeah. we got into it. Oh, I don't have to do this. I can go see the song song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to drop names. But don't do that. No. But yeah, I, it was one person that was at another school that was not far. And I think I was going to see her after an event or whatever. But we were like fighting like during the summer. It was a comeback event. I had DJed it. This is what happened. I kind of was drunk too because um, I had through my own personal like welcome back to the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like a little icebreaker. Mm-hmm. But then I guess the white people wanted to throw their own <laughs> and still ask me to DJ. Something like that's messed up. It's a small school. Like, yeah, two parties in a row is cool, but you ain't going to get the same people. You know what I'm saying? Because it's the first weekend back. You know what I'm saying? Do one party, do your next week or whatever. But no, they had it already scheduled. So um, I didn't really want to DJ it and put it. Because not only did I have to DJ, but I had to like set up the lights and the sound and stuff. So one of my homies bought those... Um, you know, those protein cups. They got the ball in those tall ones. Mm-hmm. I think he put some, like, fruit punch and 100 proof in it. And mm. I was drinking it while I was DJing. Of course, the party was lit. Everybody was boom, boom, boom. But I was a little bit too lit to put some of the equipment and stuff together. And I guess she was, like, she was helping me, but she was talking. She was getting on my nerves. And we were still talking about the shit that went on over the summer because... You know, you know me. You know me. I go into detail later, but you know me. So I, I guess I say it was like, well, fuck it. I'll just go to homegirl's dorm at the other college, and she got mad. I was like, oh no, you don't punch my lip, and I lost my. I was like, this bitch right here. I said that out loud. I remember it because I remember my homie. <laughs> he had yanked me and hugged me. He was like, just hug me, bro. Hug. I'm like this motherfucker. I lost it. I lost it. Got mad and shit like that. It was crazy. It was crazy. I had to tell you that story because it was crazy. She had a restraint order against me. Like, it was some toxic. Yeah. And I do want to admit Mm -hmm. it was my fault. I'm going to be man enough off this OG Kush breath that we're smoking on tonight (laughs) that it was my fault that that relationship and that particular situation was straight. Because I, and I'm going to say some real shit, some red table talk shit right Is this going to be like a once? Oh, you got recording it. So, okay, I go ahead. was inadequate with myself. I had low self-esteem. And I just couldn't keep it in my pants. <laughs> it's just what it is. And I messed it up. And she may be scarred to this day. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. It's been 10 years. A little bit more. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I hope... No. I just hope not. I hope whatever it is. But um, I fucked that up. It wasn't a situation. But we'll get into that later. But anyway. This is DJ Far Out. This is Aaliyah. An unknown guest here. We're smoking some OG Kush breath. And this has been another episode of Far Out Strand of the Hour. And... Thank you to everybody who's been listening and chiming in. 
And until the next episode, um, so many strands, so little times. <laughs> Good night. Good night.